shady, dady. So let's kick this pig. Uh, fuck. Give me just give me just a second. Oh Jesus! I'm trying to close freaking acrobat, but it's being a cunt. Acrobat. All right. <clears throat> All right. Are you ready? I'm ready. <clears throat> and say, can you say action? <laughs> <laughs> oh God. <clears throat> All right. Are you ready? I'm ready. Action. Welcome to the Two Tones Go to the Movies, presented by StarvingTalent.com. If you're a creative professional in need of a website or promotional services, contact Starving Talent today at www.starvingtalent.com. You should know that this is not a spoiler-free podcast. We will try our hardest not to divulge spoilers during the first segment of the show. However, after the first break, anything goes. We also make no attempt at keeping our language clean. Fuck. This should... <laughs> Shit. This show is intended to be a raw, emotional, and unedited response to the state of the entertainment industry. Don't like it? Go watch Ebert and Roper. Have a question, comment, or would like to send us a mini-review for a movie we haven't mentioned? Send your messages to twotones at starvingtalent.com. That's T-W-O, tones, at starvingtalent.com. We will try to answer your questions or read your reviews on the podcast. I am Tony Pizzuto. And I am Tony Cox. <clears throat> and Tony Cox over there is, is, is sounding very sexy. Uh, yeah, I have a... I, I'm recovering from a cold, um, <clears throat> so I, I apologize. I will try to um, either edit out my, um, my, my coughs and sniffles and slurps from my tea... Um, but if I, uh, if, if some get caught, I do apologize. Um, but we we're devoted to our fans, so we needed to do uh, a podcast. Um, and today we're discussing, uh, fanboys. Finally, um, we, uh, we attempted to do this when we were together in New York and it wouldn't work. So, yeah. It's it's kind of it's kind of strange. I think you said a few podcasts ago that it, the technology works better when we're four hundred or five hundred miles away from each other. <laughs> That's true. I don't <laughs> don't understand why why that is. So fanboys, um, here's the description. They've waited patiently for years for release of Star Wars Episode One: The Phantom Menace. But when one of their own discovers he's terminally ill, a group of pals embark on a road trip to Skywalker Ranch to steal the long-anticipated film. Sam Huntington, Chris Marquette, Dan Fogler, Jay Baruchel, <laughs> Baruchel <laughs> damn it, and Kristen Bell, mm, Kristen Bell, star and director Kyle Newman's labor of geek love. Star Wars alums Billy D. Williams, Carrie Fisher, and Ray Park make cameos. Do you like that? That's my that's my announcer voice. That's nice. Thank you. Thank you. It's soothing. Have, uh, thank you. Um, you know what's funny it, is it's funny the movie is about. A long anticipated wait for a movie. Mm-hmm. And what's funny is that this movie, Fanboys, was originally supposed to come out in 2007. Oh, wow. Yeah. Three years ago. Yeah. And it, and it, was, it wasn't released until February of 2009. And uh, we're gonna, we'll get into that a little bit as to why that happened. Um, in fact, I think, it's in, I think it's in some of the trivia, too, a better explanation okay. of it. Um, a little bit more fanboy trivia. Um, originally, our boy Jorge Garcia from Lost, dude, early, if anybody doesn't know who that is, um, was attached to play Harry Knowles. Uh, but scheduling conflicts with, with Lost in 2004 uh, caused him to turn down the role. Then Kevin Smith stepped in and was reportedly very enthusiastic about it. But some last-minute editing for Clerks 2 forced him to step down. Which and Kevin Smith is still in the movie. He has a, he makes a cameo. Oh yeah, also. he does, doesn't yeah. he? Him, him and, and uh, uh, no, uh, the other guy. What's his name? <laughs> Jay. 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 <laughs> and it, it's it's a very funny take on their characters too. Um, it was <laughs> a very, a very humorous <laughs> scene. We'll talk about that later. Um, um, with the um, Harry Knowles, who, what character was that? Was that um, that wasn't, wasn't that the uh... Dan Fogles? Was it? Um, no, that, that was Hutch. Um, 
Uh, Harry, I think, wasn't he the uh, the guy in the um, when they went to Texas and he meets the the, uh, oh, the girl? Is he? He's the guy who started Ain't It Cool News. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and he goes to beat up. But um, who was who was the guy that ended up playing him? Oh, it's the guy. It's the guy from um, I forget his name, but it's the guy from uh, uh, My Name Is Earl. The, the big oh yeah, uh, Ethan uh, Ethan what Suppley? Ethan Suppley. Sure. Thank you, IMDb. Um, a little oh, more did you trivia. Find it already? Damn, you're quick. Yeah, that's what she said. <laughs> more <she>? trivia. <laughs> I mean, not to me, ladies <laughs> listening. Um, in the original plot. Um, Linus, um, who was, uh, played by, uh, Chris Marquette, um, was battling cancer and wouldn't live long enough to see the new Star Wars movie in its theatrical release, and therefore the friends went to get a copy of it, but producer Harvey Weinstein opposed this version and recut the original, removing all references to cancer, because apparently cancer's a downer or something, I don't know. Fans... But fans were really pissed off about this, and they threatened to boycott Superhero Movie, which was another Weinstein Company project. And um, but Linus's ca- cancer was so. Uh, excuse me, Linus's cancer was kept in the movie. It wasn't removed from the final version. That's and that's the that really pisses me off because he did nothing short of attempt to cut the entire heart out of this movie. Oh yeah, I mean that's that's the that's the whole premise of it. I mean that's. I, it's the only thing that grounds it into a relatable, mm-hmm. you know, film. Um, if you're not a Star Wars fan or a Star Trek fan, because there's a lot of Star Trek references in more ways than one um, in this movie. Um, and if you're not a sci-fi fan or a fan of all things Ju- uh, George Lucas, because there's a lot of uh, other George Lucas stuff, uh, you know, there's no real reason to watch the film without this, you know, heartfelt buddy, you know, buddy, buddy, road trip journey um storyline no I, I i i agree i mean there's no way i mean if you just made this movie about a bunch of kids you know who wanted to go see the movie early it, it wouldn't have it wouldn't have worked um you need that heart and i think the cancer was the was definitely the heart of it um and it's actually funny the the movement um to Kind of that that opposed Harvey Weinstein's um, uh, removal of the cancer was called the uh, Stop Darth Weinstein campaign. <laughs> <laughs> well, it makes sense. I, I mean, he is kind of he is kind of like in the empire of of, of filmmaking, the dark empire. He, he's he he would be like going up against uh, Emperor Palpatine or something. Uh, <laughs> Harvey Weinstein. Um, so so Cox, what do you think? Well, I mean, I I loved it. I I gotta admit, the beginning. I, I thought the I thought the first, you know, I don't know, twenty minutes was a little rough. It was like, okay, what, you know, where are they going? But there's a lot of setup. Um, and once they get into the journey of the movie, and and the reason why these characters are doing what they're doing, um, it really gets good. And it really, like, you know, as we keep saying on this podcast, it's about character, mm-hmm. and it's about you know, relating and loving those characters. And, and, uh, you know, you know, very shortly into the movie, you really begin to care about these characters and, and relate to them. And, you know, it's a funny movie and the humor comes, you know, mostly very organically. Um, you know, there's a, just like in the hangover, there's a lot of, a lot of the humor just comes out of the situation and comes out of the character um, I mean, there are some bits that are still funny. I mean, they're still hysterical, but they're more of like parodies of some of the Star Wars stuff. But it's mm-hmm. done in such a way that it still works. It's still believable. It's funny. Um, and uh, we'll talk a little bit about that um, in the spoilerific version. But overall, I mean, I loved <laughs> it. I really liked it. Um, the 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 acting is uh, is pretty decent overall. Mm-hmm. Um you know, it's not a it's not a perfect movie. It's not a great movie, but it's certainly a a nice, fun, heartfelt movie to watch, especially if you're a sci-fi or a Star Wars fan. Um, you can really um, you know get behind get behind this movie and really enjoy it. Absolutely, it's um, and I mean going back to it's not a perfect movie. I I, I um for an independent low 
ish budget. I mean, what was their budget for this? It had to be. It couldn't have been more than two hundred fifty thousand dollars. Well, you're on uh, IMDb, aren't you? I am. Check it out. I, I'd rather. I'd rather ask you than. <laughs> oh, oh, make me go find it. All right, <laughs> Box hang office on. Is okay. Oh, wow. It was actually four million dollar budget. Which so is still. Probably, which is, it's definitely low. Yeah, still absolutely. low compared to a lot of, um, you know, considering the stars that they got. Yeah. Um, you know, I mean, granted, and all the people that were in it ha- have been around for a little while. I mean, we yeah. we had people who were in um, uh, <clears throat> what was that? Ah, oh, shit. The uh, I love this movie too. Girl Next Door. The girl, the guy, oh yeah. From that. Uh, yeah. The Chris. Um, Chris, what's his name? Yeah. Uh, I mean, I mean, so these actors aren't like no names. We've seen them all around. Seth Rogen obviously is in it. Billy D. Uh, Carrie Fisher. Um, I mean. So for for a low budget movie, it I thought it was really wonderful and charming, um, uh, from from the opening scene until <laughs> until the last you know the last moment when they're in line going to see the actual movie in the theater. <laughs> um, uh, it's just uh, I got I hope that's not a spoiler. I mean the movie does come out. Everybody in the world does. No know that, right? no that's not a spoiler. <laughs> that's not a spoiler. So um, but yeah no it was there was. I wish I was in this movie, you know? This, these are the kinds of movies we, we need to try to make. Buddy movies. Yeah. Let's go well, make it to Skywalker <clears throat> Ranch. <laughs> I, I want well, the Darth Vader outfit. And you're, Oh, man, that was so amazing when they... Well, that's kind of a bit of a spoiler, but... Um, I mean, because you're, you're so much of a... Uh, you're so much more of a Star Wars fan than I am. Mm. Um, I mean, you're definitely a purist, too. Um, <laughs> yes. You, you know, yeah. there's only three movies. He doesn't even oh. count... He doesn't even count the the TV Ewok movies, do you? Oh no, no, absolutely not. <laughs> what about? I actually, I, I, I remember growing up with with um, droids. Um, it was it was I think it was either a half an hour or an hour every Saturday morning. They had droids, droids the first part, which was C three PO and R two D two and their little adventures, and then they had the uh, Ewoks cartoon. The Ewok, <laughs> it, those were fun shows. I actually would like to see if I can find copies of those uh, somewhere in the archive. But no, you can't. the The only movie, the only story there is is, it's a New Hope, Empire Strikes Back, and Return of the Jedi. Those are those about, are the real stories. What about Battle for Endor? <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's funny because when that movie first came out back in eighty seven or eighty eight, whenever it was, um, I love I love those movies. <laughs> I remember watching that as a kid, oh like when God. it premiered, and I was like, Oh my God, it's Ewok. <laughs> <laughs> but I I rented it uh, on Netflix. <laughs> we should get Netflix to sponsor this show. Um, oh, yeah. I rented it uh, about a year or two ago on Netflix and um, and watched it again. And I was like, God, this movie sucks. <laughs> <laughs> this this isn't what I remember at all. But um, but no, the the Star Wars is is a magical story. It's the story of good and evil. It's the story of of friendship and love and and loyalty and um and the characters in um fanboys really represent um in in on a re- reality plane you know not in space but on earth in in present time um the 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 friendship and the bonds and the adventures that are shared with Luke Leia and Han and Chewie and and those characters and i i kind of like how uh throughout the movie um, I don't know if you noticed it's probably did, but throughout the movie, a lot of the things that they go through are 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 real life representations of what happened in the original movies. Yeah, like when they're breaking out of the the hospital, or they're you know they're you know you know and breaking out of other you know significant places and and breaking into and and and, and you know it's like you know they're breaking into the Death Star and they're they're freeing Leia from the detention center and all that. Oh my God, I just had a geek overload (laughs) (laughs) it's like me when i talk about star trek holy shit but yeah no really liked the movie really really enjoyed it and i actually want to rent it again and watch it again and show it to all my friends actually every time i'm on set or something i and we have downtime and talk about movies i'm like you have to see this movie fanboys and then i give them the entire breakdown of everything gee who does Uh, that sound like damn you tony cox you turned me into you You've ruined my life. Oh, you bastard. I'm showing I'm showing Tony the the um 
the cover because I bought the movie. It's uh, I usually don't buy DVDs either. I usually just rent them, and uh, and uh, and I uh, I actually own a copy of Fanboys. Bastard. And I was gonna give it to him, but then it was so good, I decided to keep it. <laughs> oh, thanks, Dick. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, you want to take a break and then we'll start spoiling the hell out of this movie? Oh, yeah, let's do it. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to take a quick, uh, quick pee break. And then uh, when we come back more on uh, fanboys, uh, we're going to give you a couple spoilers. And then we're going to continue with some rapid fire reviews and all that fun formula stuff that we've created just for you. So uh, stick around. We'll be right back. But there must have been a Death Star canteen, yeah? There must have been a, a cafeteria downstairs. In between battles, where Darth Vader could just chill and go down. I will have the penne a la Arabiata. <laughs> You'll need a tray. Do you know who I am? Do you know who I am? This is not a game of who the fuck are you. <laughs> For I am Vader. Darth Vader. Lord Vader. I can kill you with a single thought. Well, you'll still need a tray. No, I will not need a tray. I do not need a tray to kill you. I can kill you without a tray, with the power of the force, which is strong within me. Even though I could kill you with a tray, if I so wished. For I would hack at your neck with the thin bit until the blood flowed across the canteen floor. No, the food is hot. You'll need a tray to put the food on. Oh, I see the food is hot. I'm sorry. I, I did not realize. <laughs> oh. For the f- yes, I thought you were challenging me to the fight to the death. And we're back. Did you have fun? I did. Speaking of pee breaks, I know I mentioned this several podcasts ago, and I don't remember actually talking about it, but it's um, that website is uh, runp.com. 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 R-U-N-P-E-E.com. And... Um, Ooh, they have oh, they're coming out with an iPhone app. Oh my god, that's wow. awesome. And it's great if because only I had an iPhone. you pick the movie that you um you know, that you're going to go watch and it tells you at what points in the movie you can go to the bathroom. This might be the greatest application ever created in the history of the internet. It may be. I mean, this is such a vital piece of information that often gets, you know, that we don't that we just don't, you know, that we don't you that we don't know about. Like, like it's something that we never thought somebody would actually, you know, do. It's like Biz Stone said on Twitter uh, about Twitter. Uh, Biz Stone is the co-founder of Twitter. Um, he said Twitter is the the greatest thing we never knew we needed, or something ridiculous like that. <laughs> it was a lot funnier when he said it. But but yeah, runp.com. Now I know. <laughs> anyway, so back to the movie. You want to start spoiling this? <clears throat> Let's spoil away. Um, so the the first thing, um, um, there's a lot of references to uh, Star Wars in this movie. Obviously, um, one of the funniest things is Hutch, who is played by Dan Fogel. Um, his van. <laughs> I, there's actually two references to his van, and I don't know if you got the other one, but his van is partially painted like the van from the A Team. Yeah, yeah. And um, and then it has this 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 Star Wars mosaic on the on one side, and <laughs> and it has I forget what the what what's the language the Star Wars language. Oh shit! It's 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 uh, well, there's different ones. There's Bocce. There's the Imperial Code. Um, the I think it's the imperial language, and I mm. and I read somewhere what the name of it was. But anyway, the words on the side of the van is actually fanboys in that language mirrored backwards. Oh, is it really? Yeah. So it's uh, the van is awesome, and on top of the van it has like the top of an R two D two, and. And that was awesome. Every time something bad happens or when they hit hyperspace, which is basically a bottle of NOS, um, <laughs> they it makes the same noises. <laughs> it makes the same noises as when R2-D2 and Luke Skywalker are flying around in the X-Wing. 
<coughs> excuse me, and um, and like they're about to get shot, and he goes like, you know, and they fly off. Um, <laughs> and it's like every single the best scenes in 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 Star Wars are in this in real life. You know, when they go to hit the the NOS button and it doesn't like they they can't get it to go into hyperspace and. He hits. Uh, <laughs> he hits the. Th- oh, it's so funny. It's just basically a reenactment of those scenes, and it's. But it's really funny, and um, and there's tons of stuff like that. The there there are lines everywhere. Um, the best. I think the first one and the best one is when, um, is when uh, at the beginning doesn't Hutch say, "You got a lot of nerve coming back here," just like. Lando Calrissian yes, yeah. says in Empire Strikes Back, and he sounds just like him. It was weird. <laughs> that, and that it, it was really cool when we had these little surprise um, uh, cameos. Uh, Billy D. He wasn't he like the police commissioner in Texas. He was the judge. Got, he was this yeah. huge chase scene. Oh, he was the judge, right? And his right. name was his name. The best part was his name was Judge Reinhold. <laughs> <laughs> Which any of you people who don't Famous know 80s who Judge, reference. yeah, who don't know who Judge Reinhold is, he's a he was a big '80s actor. He was in he was in Fast Times at Ridgemont High, wasn't he? I think so. Yeah, yeah, he and was he in was a ton of. And he was whatever happened. I don't know. He just did the last Beethoven movie, so he can't be doing oh, too good, like Beethoven sixteen or something. <laughs> um, he was also most notably what I remember him from is he was in um, the Beverly Hills Cop series. Oh right, and, right, right. Yep. Yeah, and he was—he's oh, so funny in that movie. He was funny. It's too bad that that he's he's kind of stuck with Beethoven movies now. Um, but yeah, Billy D and Carrie Fisher, um, who I, I don't care how old she is, she's always going to be wearing that metal bikini in my head, and that that young twenty-two-year-old hanging around Jabba the Hutt's lap. Oh mm. my god! And fucking. Uh, the kid who has cancer, uh, which was that, Eric? The Chris? I Chris. Know, what was Chris. his name? Yeah, what was his name in the movie? <clears throat> None of these people have pictures on IMDb. It's driving me nuts. Um, anyway, uh, he played Linus. Linus, Linus um, has uh, is the one. He's in a wheelchair in this hospital in somewhere, <laughs> probably Simi, probably somewhere, and. Um, he he gives you know Carrie Fisher you know sits him down is like you don't have to you know you shouldn't leave and there goes to this big speech and then um and then he kisses Carrie Fisher and I think anybody who kisses Carrie Fisher needs to be you know idolized in in one way or another I mean he kissed Princess Leia that's awesome. how many people can say they and the Princess and Leia? the best part is, is can, he we, goes... can we produce a movie where... <laughs> and she can be like my sugar mama and I have to have like sex with her or something. <laughs> So I can say uh, I had sex with Princess. Leia. I'm sure. Um, we can ask her. We could. What's the harm in asking? And the best part is why is not? Why goes, not? He he kisses her and he goes, "I love you," and she goes, "I know." <laughs> which is such a great. Which is one of the best lines from Empire Strikes Back. Actually, in Return of the Jedi. Oh yeah, that's right. Because I, they switch off. The yeah, first yeah. Because uh, the first one is Han Solo. Leia says, "I love you to Han." Yeah. Han says. I think it's actually, I mean, and that's the smoothest friggin' line in the world in Empire Strikes Back. And then, and then when it comes back in Return of the Jedi, when he says "I love you," it's just like, oh man, that's awesome. I oh. not not to take it too far off topic, but do you remember? Do you remember that episode of Battlestar Galactica where? Um, oh, and this is a big spoiler alert for anybody who doesn't watch Battlestar Galactica, but um, where um, where <laughs> where. Uh, uh, President Roslin says to Adama, "Finally, I love you," and he says, yeah. "It's about time," or something yeah. like that. And it's yeah. funny because in the writers' room, they said that they wanted, they said, they said he needs to have a Han Solo line, like that, that was it, like, like I know, or that was what they were going for, which they captured it in that moment too. It was fantastic. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. I see that you've donned your, you've donned your Darth cap. I have. I... I'm wearing my Darth Vader helmet right now as we talk. I'm getting this strange echo, which is kind of cool, too. <laughs> Tony Cox. <laughs> Tell us more. I'm the one that's breathing heavy, too. <sighs> 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 
Oh, that's and okay. So there's a lot of Star Trek stuff in this movie, <clears throat> and and not not entirely in a good way, um, because at one point in the movie they drive thousands of miles out of their way to go to um, Riverside, Iowa, which is supposedly going to be the birthplace, the future birthplace of, of Captain James T. Kirk, which if you see the new movie, it actually isn't the birthplace of James T. Kirk. Um, but, um, but he, uh, it's the future birthplace of James T. Kirk. And, um, and there's a group of Trekkies who are commemorating this statue of, um, Kirk and Khan. And, um, Seth Rogen plays the friggin' leader, and he looks not, he doesn't even look like himself. Seth Rogen plays no less than two characters in this movie, um, and he's fantastic in both parts. And you don't even recognize him in this as the, as the, the geek. Um, you're like, wait a minute, is that Seth Rogen? Oh my god, it is. It and, um, and so they, they get into a battle, and it, it, they have these hysterical lines flying around like, suck my Spock. <laughs> and um and and stuff and it's 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 funny and then there's um probably the biggest spoiler alert is that they're trying to break into the um uh they're trying to break into the to Skywalker Ranch and they have to meet somebody at a Star Trek convention in Las Vegas and it turns out to be William Shatner and he gives them he gives them all of the um all of the floor plans and whatnot to get into it, which is hysterical. <laughs> and they're like, wait, how'd you get this stuff? And he's like, I'm William Shatner. I can score anything. And, um, <laughs> and there's also, there's a ton of cameos. And also the scene with, um, Kevin Smith and, uh, Jay. That was hysterical. There. So one of the characters needs to go use the restroom and it's locked. And so he's waiting. And all of a sudden Kevin Smith, um, pops up and he's like, yeah, it's so bad when you got to go and the door's locked. So the door opens and Jay runs. They're not in character, by the way. They're not, excuse me, they're not in their Jay and Silent Bob characters. But the guy who plays Jay runs out and he's and he starts spitting, and this guy comes. This uh, the second guy comes out of the bathroom, and and hands <laughs> Kevin Smith money, and Kevin Smith's like, yeah, yeah, you know, is it's you know mouth like a woman, right? And it's like it's the most disgusting <laughs> thing, but it's so quick and so funny. That's what she said, and. Um, it was just perfect. It was like it came out of nowhere. And it's like so offbeat to have the two of them do a scene like that and not be in Jay and Silent Bob character. It was funny. And it's it's a it's a good representation of where they're from too. Uh New Jersey. <laughs> where, if anyone's if anyone's had to stop at a rest stop in New Jersey, you've probably seen something like that happen. <laughs> as 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 much as I'm going to leave it at that. As much as I've driven through New Jersey, I refuse to stop in New Jersey. It's it, it's uh yeah I've um I don't think I've ever had to stop in New Jersey, but I've read all of the the creepiness that happens in those rest areas. That it's like oh I'll wait until I get to Philly. Or Ohio, or something. <laughs> I can hold it. Nice. <laughs> so, um, so, um, uh, any final thoughts on this this uh, this flick? No, it was great. Um, it's a it's you know it just bothers me that this that that um, you know movies like this don't get wide release and don't get promoted as much for whatever mm -hmm. reason I don't even understand. But this movie was far superior to several of the films that we've watched and reviewed on this podcast. Um, just in general, Terminator Salvation. Mm -hmm. um, uh, oh, God. Um, uh, did you did you see that? Did we do a podcast Wolverine. on that? Wolverine. Wolverine, yeah. I mean... We did a rapid fire on that one. Um, we, you know, it just, it just pains us. This is one of the things that's broken in Hollywood, is that, you know... It's a business to them, which is fine. It's a business. We understand that. But when you make a poor business decision like this, when you try to rework a film that you paid for and make it worse, mm -hmm. and then because you didn't get your way, you don't put money behind it to promote it, you don't do a wide release, mm -hmm. and then you hire another – and apparently another director was hired to shoot additional scenes for this movie too. Um, really? Yeah. 
and uh, and apparently you you hire a second director to do reshoots on stuff. That's bullshit. I'm sorry, but the movie was fantastic the way it was. You don't need to touch anything. Um, you know, you, it was a poor business decision by Harvey Weinstein and and that company, and that's what pisses me off the most. Um, is that this movie mm-hmm. could have made so much more money than than they thought if they had actually put some money behind it. I mean, it was a great movie. This I, I predict that this is going to turn into a huge cult film simply because it did not get oh, absolutely um, it did not get the 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 press and it did not get the promotional uh, marketing money that it needed. Mm-hmm. No, it it, it that that's that's one hundred percent true. Um, they really shafted the hell out of this movie. Um, I think we, we said this in a rapid fire review a few weeks ago, but, um, it, it when it premiered, uh, it, it opened on 44 screens in 40, the entire country, 44 four screens out of screens. Just to put mm-hmm. that in it perspective, $171,000, just to put that into perspective, people, um, a limited release a limited release is like a thousand to two thousand screens. Yeah, that's a limited release. That's like New York, L.A., um, you know, Chicago, the the major metropolitan areas. Um, and this this movie got forty four screens. There, I don't even think I think there are less than forty four screens in Manhattan. <laughs> it um. Well, you know, it's it's interesting. It's like it's one of those movies that they specifically marketed to those small independent theaters that only really show art house films. Uh, I mean, did it even make it to AMC, Lowe's, United Artists, anything like that? You know, I don't, I'll tell you uh, this: I, the week the 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 a couple weeks after it opened, we were coming down to visit you in New York, and I looked to see if it was playing anywhere, and it wasn't playing anywhere mm-hmm. in New York City. Just two weeks after it was released, mm-hmm. it's 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 sad. It's sad, and 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 as of April nineteenth, two thousand nine, its actual gross. I don't seem to have any data past April nineteenth. Was six hundred eighty five thousand four hundred eighty four dollars, and so I mean, obviously, it was a huge bath for uh, the Weinstein company because the budget was three point nine million dollars. Um, but they didn't do anything. They didn't. They didn't publicize it. I didn't even know about this movie until you told me about it. I know. Um, and and you're when a it Star came out Wars on TV, I know exactly. You know, I have them in my freaking Google Alerts. Every time <laughs> Star Wars is mentioned, I get an email from Google Alerts saying Star Wars. Um, so yeah, no, it, it it's it's a shame. So shame on you, Harvey Weinstein. Go fuck yourself. Yes, absolutely. Actually, just have your brother fuck you. No. <laughs> That's how I, I seriously I'm and it and it pains me because I love a lot of the movies that they produce a lot of the movies that they release um, Shakespeare in Love one of my favorite movies they mm-hmm. they produced it and released it I mean it's they produce good stuff but for some reason they just drop the ball on this and and you know you got to be careful because you know this this economy is not going to survive you know you know a, you know everybody having land of the lost bombs. Oh, <laughs> you know, God. and 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 basically, you know, taking a bath after spending a hundred million dollars, and when you have the opportunity to take a small movie like this that only cost you three three million dollars, and and you know that's a lot that's a lot to some people, but in the grand scheme of things, um, you know that's not a lot in the movie world, and you know you take another oh, you take another totally million and put some promotional into it. You know, do some junkets, do some release stuff, and actually release it when you say you're going to mm-hmm. release it. You know, make a big fanfare out of it. Um, you're going to make your money back. I guarantee you this movie could have easily have made $10 million in its first opening week. $10 million. <coughs> that's, that's, absolutely, that's absolutely. almost three times what it cost them to make. That's just. I think we need to start a campaign for them to, to re-release this movie. I don't know. I think, well, it's been tried. I mean, the fans, the fans Mm -hmm. tried to do it and, you know, they were successful enough to get, um, to get it, to keep the, to get it, to keep the, to keep the original cut, which was good. Right. Right. But I mean, it's just, man, I mean, it's just, you know, it's saddening, you know, it Mm -hmm. makes me feel bad for everybody that put their hard work into that movie 
and for it to just fizzle and die. I mean, unfortunately, that's the business. You know, well, yeah, it's a it's a whore's business, and it's not a it's, you know it's not a business about you know making people have good feelings. But you know, this was but that's why I started and said this was a poor business decision. Mm-hmm. So all right, I don't want to. Yeah, I don't want to get too I mean, many so people the, down. The, <laughs> the, the the point is, go out, rent this movie, buy this movie. Um, it 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 was shot two year, uh, three years ago. It's finally out. Um, it's a great movie. Tony, uh, I don't know about you, but I, I think you're on the same page as, as me, where I give it uh, uh, ten lightsabers up. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Uh, so go and check it out. Um, Fanboys is the movie. Um, I don't know. Do they have an official website? Uh, let's see. You can go and check them out at fanboys-themovie.com. That's fanboys hyphen the movie.com uh and go go out rent it buy it you know have a little star wars party put on your stormtrooper Darth Vader helmets and uh your princess leia buns grab your your <laughs> faux lightsabers and uh really enjoy this movie um so let us uh do some rapid fire reviews tone rapid fire what, what what have you seen lately um uh, you saw oh well actually um you just saw he's just not that into you. He's just not that into you, and I was just not into that movie. Um, it's sad when the best part of a movie is Jennifer Aniston and Ben Affleck, and they're not even the stars. Um, it was a, it's, oh god! It's based on a book. It's it's sad because it was direct. It was directed by <laughs> Ken Quapis, who is. Um, who is a, a regular director on The Office, and I love all of his Office episodes, but this movie just wasn't that great. Um, it was just poorly directed, and I hate to say that because I like Ken Quapis, and I like what he does in The Office, but this is the second movie he's done. He also did um, uh, License to Wed that, the you know, they're just not that great. They're just not that great. Yeah. I remember License to Wed. It was pretty pretty tragic. Um I, I I've been kind of wanting to see. He's just not that into you, but I don't know. I, it's painful to watch. Yeah. Except when except when, um, Jennifer Aniston and Ben Affleck are on screen. They're the best part of the movie, and they're not. That's they're, tragic. They're just supporting. Um, That's it's a it's an interesting story, and it's like that. I wanted that to be the movie, but it also shows it also shows their professionalism where they can you mm-hmm. know they can work with a director who's not that great and still, you know. Still do a good job. Ben so. Affleck gives me hemorrhoids. Um, you know, he's... I don't know. He's like a rash that kind of goes away and then comes back. Yeah. It's like every it's once really in a while he does something that I, I actually do enjoy and, you know, makes me think that he's he is talented, which he is talented. It's just that I think, you know, for a while there he got caught up in just being Ben Affleck on in every movie. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, the so. only thing I really liked him in was in... Um, uh, dazed and confused. <laughs> he he plays like this punk. Uh, you know, I think he's a recent graduate of high school, and I think that's the only thing I really. And that was that's pushing it when I say I liked him in it. Anyway, enough about you, Ben Affleck. Um, you just I, saw I, uh, Chaplin, right? I did. Yeah, I, did I, you watch? You rewatched it? I rewatched it. I'm I'm a huge Charlie Chaplin fan. Uh, ever since I was uh, knee high to a pig's eye, and um. And um, because of my wonderful relationship with Netflix, I decided to <laughs> pop him in there. And uh, Netflix, this is a, give us a call. Give us a call. Yeah, we'll, we'll talk business. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. We'll, we'll make a, a website for you uh, with this podcast <laughs> surrounding it. Um, but yeah, Chaplin came out in '92. Robert Downey Jr. He actually won the Oscar for Best Actor that year for his portrayal of Chaplin. And I gotta say, um, Tone, have you seen this movie? No, but it's it's on my wow. list of uh, of great movies to watch eventually <laughs> you, you got it you know you pop it in your netflix queue or go out and rent it at the blockbuster or something it, this movie is one of the best movies um ever just just from a performance standpoint robert downey jr encapsulates charles chaplin like no other person could and um he, he just he 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 captures the man uh, he captures uh, he captures the man Charlie Chaplin. He captures the 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 characters that he played, the little tramp and 
and and all those characters and and just the story is just an amazing story um and it's it's funny um i was watching the special features it was directed by sir richard attenborough um, who also directed another biopic um gandhi um with ben kingsley yeah um and which is another amazing movie. And I think Ben Kingsley won the Oscar for that that role as well. Dude, he's just um, an Oscar manufacturer. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. But um going back to what you know Weinstein was trying to do with um with uh fanboys by changing it a little bit, um the producers of Chaplin, and I forget the company, I think it was um I think it was Columbia TriStar, but I could be wrong. But they 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 wanted to do add certain things to it and if that didn't happen the movie wasn't going to get made and so Attenborough had to kind of bend over and and take it <laughs> um and he, he even said in one of the special feature uh featurettes um that this is not the movie he wanted to and he would love to go and do it again but even but with that being said it is still an amazing movie it's an amazing story Charlie Chaplin had an amazing life and uh, I would recommend this to anyone um you don't have to be a fan of Charlie Chaplin or Robert Downey Jr. It's just a great story. Um, so check that one out. Awesome. And yeah. And then finally, a, a movie that both of us have seen. Um, <laughs> I've seen it a bazillion times. Yeah. And I saw it for the first time a few weeks ago. Is, Which you've, um, you've, you've gone back to rewatch these because of <laughs> watching Star Trek, the new Star I, Trek I, movie. Yeah. The new Star Trek movie kind of inspired me to, to watch the original Star Trek movies, which I had never seen before uh, because I hated Star Trek. <laughs> <laughs> Again, I am a purist Star Wars it, fan. I gotta, and I got to say that there's so many, there's so many, there's so many levels of Star Trek production wise. Mm -hmm. There's the original series, there's the movies, there's a cartoon series, there's the next oh, generation, probably. there's the next generation movies, there's, you know, another um, three television shows. Um, there, I gotta say, there's something in Star Trek for everyone. Whatever, you know, what, however cool or uncool you want it to be, however geeky or ungeeky you want it to be, there is a part of Star Trek that will appeal to you. And I think that, cause you like, we, you watch Star Trek 2, The Wrath of Khan, mm -hmm. which is arguably the best Star Trek movie of the original nine, mm -hmm. um, the original 10, I'm sorry. <laughs> well, there's the, there's the 10 of... There's six original series movies, and then there's um, four Next Generation movies. Oh, wow. Um, so, yeah, there's ten movies. What's interesting is that this new Star Trek movie was 11. Mm -hmm. It was number 11. So it kind of restarts because it's one, and then the next one oh, will be yeah. two or 12, however you look right. at it. So, um, uh, But you liked this movie, didn't you? I did. I enjoyed it. Uh, I was pleasantly surprised. Um, I, I think my biggest problem with the Star Trek series was was their over. Uh, first of all, there were so many of them that my <laughs> attention my attention span. I, I have the shiny ball syndrome, and and if if you don't sounds, sounds like my you need a cream for that. <laughs> I do apply twice daily. Um, but there's just so many of them that my, my, my brain is already clogged with so many other things that it's hard to kind of capture all that stuff. But um, And plus the aliens. I've never been, been a big fan of, of alien storylines. And that's why I like Star Wars, because the storylines aren't centered around aliens. Yeah, because, you know, Chewie's, Chewie's not an alien. But the story's not centered He's around He's just him. not shaved. <laughs> you could play Chewie. Oh, oh. I See, resemble you, that remark. <laughs> See, Chewie could be a human. Anyway. I can't make uh, the Chewie noise. I can make R2-D2, but I can't do Chewie. Do an R2-D2. <laughs> all right, that was all right. <laughs> I'll, I'll give you that one. Um, but, uh, but no, this, this, this Star Trek, The Wrath of Khan, and I was told not to watch the first one, so I didn't. I, um, yes, I, I instructed Tony to... Um, to watch uh, Star Trek Two, Star Trek Three, and Star Trek Four, because those are that's basically one big story. It's basically a trilogy of one story. Um, each one picks off right where the previous one leaves off. Then I told him to watch Star Trek Six, um, which is the farewell kind of you know retirement one of the original series. Um, and then if you wanted to get into the next generation, to just watch First Contact. 
um, and maybe generations if you wanted to see the, how they bridged the two. But um, um, First Contact is such a is one of the best Star Trek movies of the you know the original ten, um, and I I think it's kind of a toss up between Wrath of Khan and First Contact, but that's just me. Wow. And and, oh, yeah, and like... the undiscovered country, which is six, but because um, mm-hmm. the uh, start because first contact is kind of like a it's almost like a zombie thriller type movie, which oh, is really? why I think yeah, which is why I think you'll like it. Um, mm-hmm. And it's but it's about it's about taking a character of Jean Luc Picard. It's about revenge, which is what the best Star Trek movies are about is about revenge. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's about him going overboard and going over the edge. Um, and then Star Trek six is kind of like a political thriller, which is cool. Um, and Star Trek four is just hysterical because they travel back in time to 1986, but we're talking about Star Trek two. <laughs> so I'll shut up. So, so, uh, Star Trek two, uh, I would, I would recommend go rent it. And it sounds like Tony Cox definitely recommends to go rent it. <laughs> it's cool. Yeah. It's, um, um, it's an easily accessible movie to a non Star Trek fan, I think. Yeah. No. I, and as a non Star Trek fan, I, I, I enjoyed it. And it actually, uh, uh, I did not know this, but it was Kirstie Alley's first film. Yes. Introducing Kirstie Alley. Just so you know, I don't want you to be shocked, but when you get to Star Trek 3, she mm-hmm. was replaced. Oh, really? Yeah. See, that's another thing that annoys me when they do that in movies. I do that, They're too. Pretty... And what's interesting is that I didn't really feel like they needed to do that. Mm-hmm. I felt... Because normally in Star Trek, when an actor leaves, they just create a new character. Right. And I felt like they could have done that, but they didn't. So some other woman plays that part. It's um, kind of like in Roseanne when, when they had Becky. <laughs> the other Becky. For the first, and then they had the other Becky. <laughs> that, you know, and you know, what's so, you know what's funny about that is that, um, number one, they actually reference it in the show that she's different. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. Which she's played by Sarah Chalk from Scrubs. The second Becky, right? Yeah, the other Becky. Yeah, yeah, the other Becky. And uh, in fact, because on Scrubs, they used to, ref- on, um, on the set, they used to refer to her as the other Becky. Yeah. Um, and... Um, and then the other girl came back. The original oh, she did, Becky, didn't she? yeah, she came back afterwards, and it was weird. It was, and they referenced that in the show though, because like the kid, the boy, he said, mm-hmm. "I don't even know you. Who are you?" Yeah. And like he leaves, and but it's it works within the conversation. And um, oh, absolutely. It was a funny well, isn't episode. isn't like at the end of one of the episodes, like Roseanne says something like, "This is so you know." You go off to college and you come back and you don't even look the same anymore. Yeah, or, or yeah. something ridiculous like that. Yeah. Anyway, um, so so Star Trek Two, yes, uh, go check that oh, one we're out. We're all over the place today. Yeah, we are. Uh, he's just not that into you. I haven't seen it, but what do you think, Tone? Rent? Uh, no rent. You know, I I enjoy romantic comedies. Mm-hmm. This, I mean, Sarah, my girlfriend, didn't even think it was that great. Okay. So I I don't recommend it. I don't recommend it at all. Um, and uh, Chaplin, I highly recommend uh, everyone go see this. It's a great uh, Charlie Chaplin was a great part of our history, and we should definitely go and check that out. I'm gonna go add that to my Netflix queue right now, Woo-hoo! because I love Netflix. <laughs> Netflix.com. <laughs> Sign up today. <laughs> great, four ninety nine trial. Now they're gonna be. Now they're gonna be. Now they're going to be pissed because we talked about because we said there. <laughs> I'm so sending them an email. <laughs> Great. Uh, any final thoughts? Um, no, I think I think all my thoughts have been have been. Um, are you wearing a bracelet? Yeah. What is it? It's a. Uh, it's a uh, support breast cancer research. Shouldn't it be a necklace? No. <laughs> What? Because <laughs> that's where your breasts are. <laughs> well, if we're going to go that way, it should be a nipple ring. Oh, now there's something. There's something to show you support breast cancer research. Nipple rings. No, breast cancer research. Uh, the breastcancersite.com. Go check it out. Uh, and komen.org um, for information about breast cancer research and information if you have it or how to check yourself. Um uh, it's a good resource. Uh, women should uh, get that check monthly. We also we also do our part. We offer free breast exams. 
Yes, absolutely. Um, <laughs> Monday, Monday through Sunday, <laughs> 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. <laughs> uh, we have I locations s- in Maine and New York. <laughs> you know, I saw I didn't watch the video, but I saw something mm-hmm. about a Boy Scout, a Cub Scout who was. Or Boy yes, Scout. it was on the onion. What was. Oh, it was on the onion. So and it wasn't to real. Get one of their merit bet. No, it wasn't real. It was oh, on the onion. And, I and hate the one onion. Of... And these Boy Scouts it. were offering uh, to get one of their merit badges. They were offering breast exams. <laughs> so they were going door to door. And it was these little 10-year-old boys in their Boy Scout outfits. <laughs> yeah, you, really... You've been in a couple of onion sketches, haven't you? I have. I have. Um, I saw the uh, one where you were you were with the, the politician who <laughs> apologized in advance for, for sleeping around on his wife. That one was awesome. And it was so hard to keep a straight face during that. Uh, it was right after we shot it right after, uh, governor Spitzer was caught with, uh, the emperor's club. Um, you know, <laughs> emperor's thinking, club. Give us a call. <laughs> the emperor's club. We can be a sponsor on the show anytime. We will plug the shit out of your products. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> we're, we're up. We're up for the five diamond. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, this, the, the politician was, was, preemptively apologizing for having an illicit affair with like a midget and two teenage girls in a Washington DC hotel. It was great. Yeah. The youngins a fun crew to work with. Um, so anyway, go out, rent fanboys, uh, rent Chaplin, Star Trek two. Um, he's not just, he's just not that into you. We're just not into it. Um, if you have any uh, questions, comments, uh, trivia questions for either one of us, um, we've, we've you... received some too. So keep them coming. Yeah, yeah, we're 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 gonna touch base on a couple of the ones that we received in our next podcast. Um, but uh, send an email to two tones at starvingtalent.com. That's t w o t o n e s at starvingtalent.com. Um, thanks for listening today. I'm Tony Pizzuto. I'm Tony Cox. And we'll see you on the flip side.